Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunker podcast, Zeb, coming at you with episode 130, titled The Eggplant. Now, before we get into The Eggplant, uh, I'd like to do a recommendation segment, a segment where I recommend you check something out, whether it's book, media, whatever, might be related to the main topic of the episode, might not. This, this week, it's not. Um, I just got a library card, my local library, first time ever as an adult. Pretty fun. Uh, cool stuff, the Swickley Library, public library. And with that, I downloaded the Libby app on my phone. You can listen to library books. Um, I don't like reading. I like audiobooks, though. So I ran, I looked up, you know, Googled what's the best audiobook to check out. And I found one called One by One by Ruth Ware. Um, never heard of the artist or the author before. Shannon told me she's well known. Um, and I understand why. It was a great murder mystery. Cool um plot basically you follow the story of two narrators one owns a ski chalet in france the front the french uh alps and she runs it with her um fellow co-worker danny and the other narrator is a woman who is going along with a group who's staying at the ski chalet for about a week then it uh, tragedy strikes they get stuck there people start dying one by one and they have to figure out how so you hear it from the lady who's running the chalet the the the, the ski resort and you hear it from one of the the people that's a guest there so a host and guest you hear from both sides it's pretty good i loved it it was also only 11 hours which is pretty i think kind of um short for an audiobook just the right amount i got it done in like maybe five days because it was so good so check it out one by one is the name of the book by Ruth Ware, W-A-R-E. Check it out. Love books. Now for the main event. Have you ever seen the movie The Truman Show? It uh, was the main topic of episode number three of this podcast, all the way back to episode number three, way back when I first started. The film stars Jim Carrey as Truman Burbank, a man who grew up living an ordinary life that, unbeknownst to him, takes place on a large TV set populated by actors for a television show about him. His entire life is broadcasted live for the whole world to watch. This episode is about a sort of similar true story about a guy named Tomoyaki Hamatsu, better known as Nasubi, which translates to the eggplant. So Tomoyaki Hamatsu, who will be referred to simply as Nasubi for the rest of the episode, a Japanese comedian born in August of 1975, entered into a lottery one day. What the lottery was for was quite vague, stating only that it was to win, quote, show business-related job. <laughs> Nasubi won the lottery, our main guy, obviously. Shortly after, he was approached by a Japanese reality TV show called Susunu Denpa Shonen. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. It was a show that ran from 1998 to 2002, so that's the time period of, our, of everything happens in this episode. Uh, 1998 to 2002 set your clocks back to then um good old days i was a very small child at that time and uh, but i do remember it it's a different kind of world than it is today every season of susunu denpa shonen this reality tv show that approached nasubi had a different often malicious approach usually like a survival movie gone horribly wrong two contestants uh were stranded on an island and had to make a raft spending four months trying to escape in one season, while others had to hitchhike from South Africa to Norway in another. 
Crazy stuff. One season saw a contestant placed in a room with a TV to watch his favorite baseball team play each day. If the team won, he would receive food. But if the team lost, he would eat and the electricity would be shut off in the room with a losing streak meaning starvation. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of a uh, messed up show going on here. But those pale in comparison. The show producers informed him, Nasubi, what his winning lottery ticket had won him. A unique challenge to enter mail-in sweepstakes from magazines, newspapers, and catalogs, etc., until he accumulated enough money or equivalent prizes that amounted to 1 million yen, which comes out to roughly a little bit less than $10,000 US. It sounds easy enough, but the catch was that he started the challenge with nothing. No food, no furniture, and no clothing. He was given shelter in an empty apartment, running water, heating, and electricity, but besides that, the only things to keep him company were the piles of magazines and newspapers he combed through uh, to gather his winnings. Oh, and the postcards necessary to mail in the sweepstake entries. There was no access to TV, radio, or any form of communication with the outside world for the duration of the competition. He was, however, given a camera. Uh, you know, how else would the reality TV show capitalize on in this challenge? I do have a list in the blog if you want to see what all was included. Go ahead and check that out. As I shut this window, all the damn traffic... So much traffic. Anyway, the list of things he he was able to ha he had access to a shower, a, ra a radio, a telephone, a gas burner, a sink, large rack of magazines, a giant stack of postcards, a small table, a single cushion. The walls of the apartment were rigged up with cameras, and he had a portable microphone around his neck. The radio didn't have access to like radio transmissions. It was just if he won a cassette tape, he could play something. <laughs> so now. I said earlier that he started the challenge with no clothing, so the TV show people edited the video by putting a cartoon eggplant graphic over his private bits. Nasubi is the Japanese word for eggplant, so this is why this struggling and desperate comedian, willing to enter a lottery to appear on reality TV, came to be known as the eggplant, Nasubi, and still is today. <laughs> so, what a reputation. This was in the late 90s, early 2000s, mind you, long before the eggplant emoji was used by people to symbolize male genitals. So this was like the original eggplant use. Now, the entire time Nasubi was doing this challenge, he thought the camera he had in the room with him was under his control. He thought he could press record and stop. All the footage taken would later be reviewed and edited by the reality TV show people. But in fact, the reality TV show people were live streaming their experiment to the world. They were using, at the time, new technology that allowed them to re-air the video with sound effects and graphics like the eggplant, and sometimes they did use a joystick to cover his genitals. So it was live, but they did it. They were able to edit things in brief moments before it went out. He was live streamed 24 hours a day to internet viewers. A large staff had to be on hand to move the censorship eggplant as he moved around. They even told Nasubi that this was more of an experiment than a TV show, and there was a good chance that it wouldn't ever see the light of day. The reality being that the show wound up breaking ratings or ratings records. It was so popular. So, lot if it true. So, luckily, it wasn't an experiment. Uh, not that it makes it any better when it, something is experiment. Then something is an experiment when people are experimented on. They have to be fully aware of what they're getting themselves into. It's not what happened. They lied to him. They straight up lied to him. So the challenge began. 
He didn't get to start out with any food, so he only had water. That, that caused significant weight loss. And a man who was already a slender Japanese dude. Fortunately, from a couple of sweepstakes, he did win some energy drinks, had lots of sugar in them, lots of calories, but not much nutrition. Wasn't feeling very healthy. Then he did eventually win a bag of rice. Some real food, yay. But he didn't have any pots or any sort of container to cook the rice in. He had access to the stove, no pots. So he had to eat it raw eventually. He did make a ghetto-esque like, heating container out of a trash bag that he would like <laughs> hold near the stove. Um, this did cook the rice, kind of. But rice would not be would not wind up to be his main source of food throughout this challenge. Can you guess what magazine sweepstakes proved to be a reliable source of food? Dog food. The guy mostly ate dog food. The dude had to eat canned and kibble dog food for the majority of his caloric intake after the rice ran out. And he did get some bags of rice, but this was this is basically it. The next big win came in the form of a stuffed toy. Nasubi's fracturing psyche latched on to the toy, and soon he was having full conversations with it. I'm referring to it as Sensei. That was his uh, only form of interaction for quite some time. An edited summary of Nasubi's experience would appear on Denpa Shonen for 8 to 10 minutes a week. Over the next 15 months, a dark comedy segment about a life spent writing letters, roughly 1,400 a week, and answering the door. <sighs> Every episode shows Nasubi waking up, telling the camera what day it is, writing sweepstake letters. He quickly gives up on trying to win radio contests and instead devotes his time to magazine write-in sweepstakes. That's where he had the most success. Then receiving a series of delivered prize winnings with range from life-saving to worthless, the first episode shows him answering the door for a ramen delivery sent to the wrong address, which was like cruelty. It was a, a, a terrible, taunting moment for someone who has no food for the first two weeks. Viewers had to assume that he received some food off camera to get through this opening period, but not really. He lost all that weight, and that's real. All this while naked on camera, streaming live to the masses, he did eventually win a pair of underwear, but it was ladies' panties and was far too small to fit him, so he never got any other clothing than that. So for the entirety of the show, he was naked. Over... Uh, other than the graphic of the eggplant digitally placed over his privates. On top of being naked and exposed, he'd never want anything to trim his hair or facial hair or nails. As all his hair grew, uh, he began to look more like a caveman, an animal more than a member of society. His fingernails didn't help as they grew to lengths of claws. Every once in a while, he would win something useful, like a sports drink to boost his morale, but he also won lots of prizes that crushed his morale, just like, um, or just as much. Movie tickets... A bicycle, museum tickets, they were all prizes he won but couldn't use as that, re that you know, required him to leave the apartment and therefore lose the challenge. He had to stay in this apartment the whole time. So he did create a makeshift stationary bike with the bicycle, which was an engineering feat in itself and improved his mental and physical health, so that's good. But still, he's stuck in an apartment for who knows how long. Nasubi would enter sweepstakes en masse without even looking to see what the prize was. Anything he could win to improve his situation helped. He won a television set one day and was elated as it would help him pass the time. But the TV show producers intentionally put him in an apartment with no antenna or cable hookup and fear that he might find the channel that was being that he was being broadcasted on. Remember, he didn't know he was being watched at the time. He didn't know his live streaming, and they didn't want him to fight, figure that out. So, <laughs> no cable, no antenna. 
but eventually he did win a Sony PlayStation, one controller, and one game that came with it, Densha Dago. It's a, a train simulator game <laughs> on the PlayStation 1. Now, this is what turned, like, got me to, to look at this, the, or heard about this story. The fact that this is, he was the first game live streamer. It's a huge industry now, if you, if you haven't heard of it. Kids playing Fortnite, putting it on YouTube, winning million, you know, earning thousands of dollars. From NewZoo.com, this year's 2022, the game live streaming uh, audience will grow by 13.8% a year on year to reach 921.2 million, almost doubling the esports market audience. Streaming's audience will cross the billion mark by 2023, increasing with a um, rate, whatever, whatever. It's going to read 1.4 billion by 2025 is the projection. 1.4 billion. That's a lot of people tuning into live streaming. And it all started with this dude in a challenge <laughs> playing a game simulator, a train simulator game that he won for the PlayStation 1 <laughs> during a weird messed up experiment. He's credited for the first video game live streamer due to the fact that he won a PlayStation, a TV, and the video game Densha to Go all through magazine sweepstakes during the game show Denpa Shonen. Um, and the goal of the game was to win 100 million yen, yada, yada, yada. So he is the official first streaming game streamer. By November of 1998, Nasubi became the first to live stream a video game after winning a PlayStation. So... Uh, then he ended up playing this game for three whole days straight before he was like, uh, okay, I got to win enough money to get out of this situation, but it distracted him quite a bit. Now, as you can imagine, the show was gathering quite a lot of popularity. People all over the island of Japan were tuning in to watch this crazy dude go through way too much suffering for reality TV, of which, you know, a prize that he didn't even know what he was going to get at the end. He didn't know the specifics, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. With all that popularity, some were bound to figure out where Nasubi was staying, uh, where his apartment was located, or the apartment he was staying in. Fans, media, people, and even paparazzi started showing up to the building, hoping to get a glimpse of the now famous man. But the producers were worried. If Nasubi saw all the attention he was getting, he would quickly realize the show wasn't being saved and being edited, but live-streamed. So the producers took action. They blindfolded Nasubi and took him away, to a different but very similar apartment where he took off his blindfold after a long journey and found himself in virtually the same apartment with all the same sweepstakes winnings nothing more nothing less he had already won he was like uh did i win the producers just told him no you didn't win that old place wasn't good luck this might be better luck so we moved you <laughs> at this new he's like okay <laughs> Nasubi did win a large chair and a desk, which was nice. He was able to sit in some uh, some uh, furniture, but that was about all that he won. It seemed that the new location was actually bad luck, so the producers moved him again to another boring apartment via blindfold, car ride, naked. <laughs> in this third location, Nasubi won a VCR, which he put to use with two tapes that he had won earlier. I couldn't find out what these tapes were, but I like to think that they were something like awful. <laughs> something quirky like Japanese version of Antiques Roadshow and a cartoon movie or something that would be almost unbearable if he wasn't terribly bored already. <laughs> In order to escape his agonizing situation, he watched those two tapes on VCR and played that train simulator game for days on end, only stopping in hopes that he could finally win enough in the sweepstakes money to get him out of the situation. So it was like an addiction. You're so bored, that's all he did. 
While Nasubi was hard at work filling out postcards to enter into sweepstakes competitions, one day he got a struck of luck and won a set of four car tires that was worth about 84,000 yen, which comes out to about like $600 US dollars. Uh, that got him very close to the 1 million mark. People started tuning in. They're like, oh, he's almost done. It was a bag of rice that finally set him over the 1 million yen mark. 355 days after the challenge started, Nasubi had won. He had completed his challenge. He was elated. He had suffered for almost a year, like, you know, 10 days short of a year, living like a desperate hermit, all to, all to further his career as a comedian. But now he had won. He was informed of his victory, uh, given back his clothes blindfolded, and taken to a surprise location. When he put his clothes on, he immediately felt itchy and hot. He took them off as soon as he could because it felt weird going a year without being naked. When they arrived at the surprise location, Nasubi, still blindfolded, was excited to see what his hard work had won him. But when, <laughs> when the show producers removed the blindfold, he found himself in South Korea. Like, why am I here? His prize was one day at an amusement park. He ordered all the food he wanted and rode all the rides he could. And that was it. <laughs> then they blindfolded him again. <laughs> the show producers had the audacity to put Nasubi, after he had beaten their absurd challenge, back into another empty apartment and tell him to enter into more sweepstakes. And he's like, why? <laughs> and they said, well, you, you got to get plane tickets back to Japan, silly. And he's like, what? <laughs> Specifically Japan Airlines. This crazy son of a bitch went along with it, fearing that if he didn't, they would strand him in South Korea, a foreign nation from his home of Japan, and not give him a worthy prize of his year's worth of work. <laughs> this time, Nasubi was sweepstakes pro. So he, he got it done pretty quickly. He beat this new challenge in record time and just a few weeks. Still, it's like, I already won it. Why am I still doing this? But he beat it in a few weeks. What did the producers do? They said... Oh, uh, did we say any ticket? Sorry, Nasubi. You have to win enough money prize for, in prizes for a business class ticket. <laughs> so he did that real quick. And they're like, oh, sorry. Did we say business class? You have to win enough for first class. And he was like, okay. A couple more weeks, he gets first class. The producers were set on milking Nasubi's fame for all it was worth, regardless of the suffering it had caused him. It was... <laughs> terribly unethical. Unfortunately for the producers, it didn't take Nasubi long at all to accomplish either. He got the first class ticket money. Within just a few more weeks, he had enough for first class ticket home to Japan. Can you guess what the producers did? They gave him his clothes back. That's a good sign. Blindfolded him and took him to another undisclosed location. This time, Nasubi's blindfold was removed and he found himself in another empty apartment. As he had done like half a dozen times before, he removed his clothes to prepare for another challenge. And he prepared for another stint of this challenge that seemed to be never-ending. That's when the walls around him fell away and revealed that he was on stage with a humongous live studio audience watching him naked. That's the producer's fault. What happened next wasn't Nasubi's laughing or getting embarrassed. No, he was downright confused. Because all along, he was told the footage was being kept for an experiment. He had no idea that people even knew he was doing this challenge, let alone that he had gathered such a large amount of fame from this live stream that he didn't even know was being live streamed. He had no idea. 
This entire messed up journey lasted about 15 months. 15 months of Nasubi's life was spent being manipulated by these show producers, and all they gave him was a day at a kid's amusement park. Yep. Yeah, he became famous, and he was able to capitalize on that a bit. Uh, but the only thing the show actually provided was, as a prize, was that one day at amusement park. That's it's laughable. Nasubi did keep a diary throughout the experience, and he published the diary. I mean, it was multiple diaries, but he published it, and it became a bestseller in Japan. The TV show broke records with over 17 million viewers every Sunday night for months in a row. He also made it into the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest time survived on competition winnings. It was about a year after the challenge had actually ended that Nasubi felt comfortable in his own clothes again. He used he was <laughs> so used to being naked for so long, he found himself sweaty and itchy when he when he uh with them on and for quite some time. Not to mention the fact that he had to relearn how to like communicate, hold a conversation with people. He had no idea. He'd been alone for so long. During COVID of April 2020, he helped people he create a bunch of PSAs to encourage people to stay isolated. He urged the people to stay away from others because even though it seemed dark, he survived it. And I thought that was a pretty cool, cool little added part there. Although he agreed to take part in this experiment to boost his com comedy career, he was unable to find footing in the variety TV host like uh, world. But he did become a local legend in Fukushima, Japan. He's the leader of the stage group named Eggplant Way. <laughs> Wikipedia says he has starred in Densha Otoko, Trick, Atashitni no Danchi, and portrayed the character Watcherman in Kamen Rider W. He also appeared in the game 428 Shibuyu Scramble. So he's been in a couple other TV things, pretty famous. And a happy little note to end this episode off, Nashubi Tomoyaku Hamatsu, did what few adventurers ever get the chance to do. In 2016, he did scale Mount Everest. He, I don't think he reached the peak, but awesome that he was able to scale Mount Everest. So pretty awesome dude. And what a ride. All that. And I, I found it on a meme on Reddit just about, you know, the very first video live stream ever. And I thought I have to do an episode. What a dude. What a terrible, unethical way of doing that. Like I said, if that was like, I don't know. I hope they got sued, but I don't think they did <laughs> that show. Anyway, thanks for listening. Who to thunkers until next week. Catch you later.